All right, guys, we are live. Welcome back to another episode of the Pokemon Masterclass. I brought out all the stops on this one. I've brought in the dynamic duo. They are sure to bring the heat. So please help me in welcoming to the podcast the one and only Yizzy Pokemon and not Shivam. What is going on, guys? Not Yo, much, not good, much. Good. <laughs> well, you know, I'm actually surprised that I was able to uh, find it in your busy schedules to actually sit down and chat. You guys have been all over the place, just absolute gallivants across the uh, Pokemon community conventions. Um, you guys were recently at the uh, Pokemon Saves the World event. I've been keeping tabs on you over Instagram, and uh, I have to say I'm, I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous of your travels. <laughs> So I, hey, I'm you sure got to you got to come good. through. We can hang out. What's that? I said you got to come through. We can all hang out. Oh, dude, I I really want to. You know, that's one of my big goals for this year was to try to get out and about and and make it to some conventions and see everyone in person. But you know how life is, especially especially being a, a business owner and being a dad and you know just having a, a newborn. It's like oh, that, those responsibilities they catch up to you. They catch up to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't have those responsibilities yet, so. Yeah, that's that's the main reason. I have a dog, and I'm already like booked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, even even the dogs, even the pets. There's there's a certain level of responsibility there, as well. Mm -hmm. But guys, uh, again, a, a huge thank you to you for taking the time out to uh, speak with me and uh, with the audience here tonight. Um, I've I've been watching you guys for a long time, especially the uh, Pokey Tea Time podcast. I always love watching those because the main thing that I really love about you guys is you get into the nitty gritty. You're not afraid to kind of dive into topics that uh, you know that other people might be and discuss the things that that should be discussed. And I've always really respected that um, about both of you. And 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 that's kind that. of what. I want to preface our conversation with here tonight, you know, as the title suggests, is, is Pokemon still enjoyable? Many people out there might be asking themselves like, well, if you don't think it's enjoyable, why are you still in the hobby? And uh, what I really want to get into here tonight is that after everything that we've seen over these last 18 months, like all of the, the tension and a lot of the things going on, I still think, and I, and I know you guys do as well, is that there is still a huge, uh, hugely strong community within Pokemon. And I think you guys uh, really exemplify that by getting out there into the community. Um, just all of your posts and, and everything mm. that you've had uh, associating with all these other content creators and with the community at large, to me, that's just um, an exemplification of, of how strong it really is. But before we dive into that, before we start getting into everything that you guys have been doing and your perspective on that, um, I do want to back up and maybe talk a little bit about some of the things that we are seeing in the community. Um, you mm. know, just some of those schisms that uh, that have existed and are currently happening. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to start off first with maybe the most recent development in that we potentially could be seeing the exit of unlisted leaf after mm -hmm. um you know his his uh, collaboration with StockX and the box break there and then his subsequent uh notification that he was going to be leaving the hobby um i'd like to get your perspective on that and kind of what we've seen with sort of this call out culture 
um, not mm -hmm. just in Pokemon, but kind of pervasive across the macro uh, social media sphere. Um, but just interested to start off by getting your perspective on on that whole situation. So uh, I, I just kind of want to talk about this real fast myself and Yizzy. Yeah. We actually saw uh, Ando's story of uh, him quitting. Obviously, he he deleted that story real fast, but I saw it like during the fight um, while we were in Vegas, and I told Yizzy like, "Hey, this is what's going on right here right now." Um, and you know, immediately I was just I was upset, not not like in an angry kind of way. Like I I was like I was I was heartbroken, you know, like mm -hmm. you know, you have someone who has put so many hours where. Um, you don't really necessarily get paid a whole lot when you're first when you're first starting off mm -hmm. uh being this content creator putting out content there's like a lot of sacrifice that you put into it and you know seeing someone who's given back so much you know and just taking a little bit of time uh uh and, and just taking that one opportunity just to make money for himself i think people attacking him to the, the to the links that people did attack him you know even sending him death threats I think that was very disappointing. Like to me, it's like this is not this is not what a Pokemon community is, right? Like we always talk about the quote unquote Pokemon community and what the the Pokemon community should be and uh, the idealistic aspects that are involved with it. And so all right, guys, I think we are back. Uh, had some technical difficulties, as you might imagine. That's always, seems to always be the case in one way or another. Uh, but go ahead and join me in welcoming back once again, not Shivam, <laughs> and Yizzy Pokemon. What's up, guys? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> not much, not much. Just uh, being, being on this amazing podcast right now with you. Well, I appreciate you guys sticking around. I appreciate you sticking around through through everything. But what we were getting into before uh, everything dropped off, uh, we were talking about the uh, the current the current thing going on with Unlisted Leaf and that whole situation, and uh, you know discussing that. And Shivam, I'll I'll go ahead and turn it back over to you and uh, and let you continue on with your thought on on that situation and what's developing there. Yeah. So essentially. Myself and Yizzy, we were in Vegas. We were in the process of uh, watching the Tyson Fury fight in uh, the Pokey Jews room. And, you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram because I hadn't been on anyone's stories. I haven't, you know, been consuming content because uh, I've been in that, like, because I'm on, in the hold moment. On, buddy. You know, like, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I don't think it connected for me. Hold on. Okay, I'm okay. so sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. It happens. Okay. Let me do this again. Gosh, such a nightmare. Oh yeah, we we know we know what the we know all about this. Oh, there we go. I see it now. I think we are live. Are we live? Yeah. Cause it's uh, I don't see it connecting to my. Oh, I see, I see it right now. There's four, 14 people watching us. Our Pokemon card's still enjoyable. Let me put that in the IG link so I can just send it to you. I'm gonna check on my end just to make sure because I'm not getting I'm not getting any of the chat rolling through. So I just actually DM'd you the actual link that you have up. Um, you can just click on that and you can see that the actual live is up. Yeah, we're live. Okay. Everyone's saying we're live. Okay. All right. Good. Well. All right. We will continue on. We will. We will continue on, and uh, hopefully make this thing work. Okay, Shivam. I am so sorry. Go ahead and continue. Oh no, you're fine, dude. You're totally fine. So essentially, <laughs> myself and Yizzy. Uh, we were in uh, the Pokey Jews room, 
and uh we were watching tyson fury fight and i'm scrolling through instagram and all of a sudden i see uh you know a post on ig from someone that i follow already and they had screenshot Ando's story and i'm like wow like is are people really really sending this kind of stuff out to ando like to that extent like i know that people were kind of upset about his sort of uh price points for for those packs and granted they weren't his price points they were stock x's and break x's uh price mm. points and um you know i was upset not in like an angry way uh just more in like a disappointed slash sad kind of way mm-hmm. it was this sort of uh feeling that um that it's like no matter how much good you do or no matter how much a good you put out you're gonna have people that are gonna zero in on that one negative thing right and Mm -hmm. i think people have this tendency to um essentially forget everything that you've done that's great and then just zero in on that one bad thing and i don't even i personally speaking i don't think you know him collaborating with break x and stock x to selling three packs for 60 dollars is honestly a bad thing right like Mm -hmm. you have you have all that goes into it you have the people that have to open up the packs you have the PSA aspect that goes into it. And I'm not saying that they didn't make money off of it. They definitely probably made a decent amount of money off of it. But mm. for someone to make profit off of a hobby, I don't know why we as a community uh, have this sort of negative stigma behind it, right? A lot of us that create content, that's the dream, right? To be able to make a living off of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That's Or just make, making a living off of like, uh, selling Pokemon or anything involving creating content. That's the dream, right? Like it gives us so much more freedom than what we need to. Like we're, we're our own bosses at that point. Um, we, we control what we're doing. And, and at the end of the day, we can put a hundred hours a week into it and it won't feel like work for us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't really get that or understand that. And I think, you know, this sort of, if you're a content creator, you kind of understand where he's coming from. If you're someone who just consumes content and is on that other side where uh, you're just, consuming the content you're participating in the hobby but you're not really producing content you don't really have an idea of what's actually happening not saying that there were content creators that were actually hating on what he was doing i just think they lack that understanding mm-hmm. yeah and so um well it, and it was, what i would just, what i would venture to say as well is you know when a company right when a company like StockX breakouts reaches out to somebody like that there's only so much that they can that they can influence, right? So how much influence right. did he really have over the price that they were being sold at? How much could he actually give his take on on what he thought was fair and equitable versus what mm-hmm. they really, you know, what was behind their agenda, what they wanted to do? And, you know, the fact that maybe he wanted to get that out there to the wider community, get access to a lot of this product for a larger majority of people and there's got to be compromise there right whenever there's a a collaboration like this there's always going to be some level of compromise that takes place and uh yeah i I think you're right to me what has been the most disturbing aspect is is just the way in which people react and you know i've been in this community for uh, quite a long time since early 2016 and that's really what disturbs me the most is is the reactions that people have and just how aggressive those those responses can be you know to mm, to absolutely. to things like like death threats which in no mm. way shape or form is ever acceptable and uh you know no matter what and and for that to kind of be 
somewhat pervasive through the hobby where there is this immediate uh, push towards um, aggression and call out and, and, and threats and all of these different things and, and trying to dox uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of these content creators and these people, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's something that exists in a vacuum within Pokemon. I think it's something that exists within the larger social, social media sphere and that kind of trickles over into uh, Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Yizzy, wh- I, I'm interested to get your take as well. So like uh, for a different perspective, I saw the video myself when um, Ando originally posted it. And I looked at it, I looked at the prices, and I looked at what he was offering, and I saw it, and I was like, well, it, it's interesting, but it's like, just get, giving my take and analysis on it, I'm like, okay, I, I probably won't get one. And like, honestly, that was the end of it. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's like, not my thing. Like, I saw the prices, and in this culture, we know prices of Pokemon. It's not like a facade, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. we know they're 419 at Walmart. We know booster boxes retail at... 120 to 144 it's not some mystery surprise so it's like we know what we're getting into on it and i i do see there's premiums on like if certain person do it like pokey rev is the greatest example there's a huge premium on his box breaks and it sells out within minutes after he ends his last one right and it's like nobody everybody was complaining about that at the beginning but now nobody was complaining um so when when i saw this news it was just like crazy in my mind because like recently i i do see to- like the toxic culture and the call out culture in there and it just doesn't seem right to me so i just moved past it but it was an easy opportunity for the community just like you say doxing which is like super unfortunate that's not how we should be you know we should right. we should take that approach where it's like as long as we're informative and we let people know what's going on, how much these packs are, because nobody, nobody's like benign to like what's going on in a Pokemon community. Uh, and so that's I think what Yizzy is essentially saying is consent. Like these transactions are consensual. Like they're they're happening. Like one party's agreeing to the price point at which something's being sold, and it's not like someone's pulling a fast one over someone. And something was really interesting that that I personally received via text message, um, and I also saw on Twitter. And that's where a lot of the hate was stemming from, how someone was calling this sort of behavior from Ando's side very scammy. Well, for one, he's selling a product as described. The person who's buying the product is getting what is described. What's happening is that people are associating scamming to, you know, let's say buying something for a lot higher than normal. And for one saying that someone's scamming someone is not only derogatory Mm -hmm. it's 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 slander right it's it's career damaging and what ando's doing isn't necessarily uh uh uh, you know to some people it's not it's wrong but if you don't like something if you don't like something you don't have to participate in it i think that's very Mm -hmm. simple right like i can put a a card up on ebay worth way more than what it's actually worth and someone can have an issue with it, but hey, they don't have to buy it if they find something else for a cheaper price. It's 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 with real life. Like it's literally going to a store and window shopping and comparing prices. Like if you don't like the price, you don't have to be uh, aggressive about it. Just move mm-hmm. on to something that you genuinely find. And I think at that point, um, it's just the behavior aspect of it. Is, is it really worth going out of your way to send someone death threats? Or, or just literally destroying someone who's given out so much for for literally nothing for years on end. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Pokemon, Pokemon, we all know Pokemon 
has sort of become profitable now for those for those people that have been involved uh, within the past four years or so, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have him, Lee, all these people that have been involved for four years plus, and and here he is just getting you know uh, uh, everything thrown at him. And I just I, I think there's a better way to doing things. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. And, and again, that's, I've told people before as well is, you know, when you, I, I, I like what you said, Shivam, where this term scammer or scam or scalping tends to just be thrown out there freely among everything. And I've told people before, there's really only two prices, two prices in the market. There is the price at which people will pay and there is the price at which people will not pay. That's it. Now, if you are the the type of person you're willing to pay at that price point, then as you said, that is 100% your choice. That is 100% consensual. That is totally different than if somebody says, oh yeah, well, we're gonna, we'll sell it to you for $50, but they end up charging you $60, right? Now that's a scam. That, that yeah. is 100% a scam, the uh, the <clears throat> lack of transparency there. But just mm-hmm. when they put out there and they say, hey, this is how many packs you get. This is the price. Uh, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't see anything wrong with that. And there were obviously enough people out there that found enough value in that price point for those packs to buy into it, right? Because what a lot of people don't understand also is that sometimes there is extraneous value that is attached to something like that. So let's take, for example, something like the Logan Paul box break, where mm-hmm. he was charging you know, $11,000 or with the subsequent box break, even more than that. To a lot of people out there, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, Randolph Pokemon, and it was that singular moment that he bought into that box break that really blew up his channel and really channel. took him to another level. So Absolutely. that is a huge price point. A lot of people would say that is that is a, an egregious price. But to him, yeah. that eleven thousand dollars and that notoriety and and the exposure that he got from getting into that was more, way more than the actual value of the pack. Correct. And and a lot of people what they don't understand is that um, Logan Paul just to do a simple sh- if you're if you were to try and get Logan Paul to give you a shout out, the cost of that is $150,000 just to get a shout out from Logan Paul. So mm-hmm. just to be able to buy a pack for $11,000 and then have Logan Paul shout out your YouTube channel, that's major. You're you're getting a shout out for basically a discounted price. And that's why you had a lot of people, even, even during the second box break, they were basically spending triple the amount of price of what first edition shuttles, uh, uh, uh packs were going for. They were spending mm-hmm. $30,000, $35,000 per pack. That doesn't necessarily mean that the packs are worth that much. They're just paying for that shout out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's where it's it's really disturbing and I think that as much as I would like to say that the the hobby itself I think has become much more educated and knowledgeable in the sense of the the market of Pokemon cards and the you know understanding what really has intrinsic value and you know their their collecting style and and how to to barter and trade and and all of these different things that maybe the three of us have experienced and we had to go through those growing pains early on as much as i think they've they've increased their awareness in that area i think that we as a hobby um i i should say minority of it are still somewhat lacking in 
the the empathetic aspect and understanding what really goes on in on the back end all of the things all of the extraneous extraneous factors that a lot of people don't see that goes into something like this or when uh you know mason from cardinal gaming when he posts his products up on his website or in his store and people see the final price and they say that's outrageous and that's that's just you know it's a it's a scam it's a scalper they don't understand everything that has gone on up to that point of that final price Right. Sure. And for those of us that have been in the business aspect and that have been in the content creating aspect of this for some time now, we do understand that. And that's where conversations, I think, like this are beneficial because it gives people a, a broader awareness of, of really everything that goes on in here. And, and we'll, mm. we'll get to it soon of, of uh you know, why I think that this, this hobby still is so great. And, and you guys have really been experiencing that, um, firsthand. Um, but yeah, any, any last thoughts that you guys have on that, not just with unlisted leaf, but kind of what Mm. we've been seeing. It, it, it almost seems like every single month it's somebody new, right? It's cyclical. It's it's cyclical. Exactly. It's every month. It's somebody new. It started out where I remember, uh, Danny. Danny was going through a really, in fact, before I got him on my podcast, uh, he had taken a break from YouTube because he was receiving a lot of, of hate mail for a particular box break that, that he had done. And then it came around and it was, uh, you know, Frosted Caribou's video that was really calling out a lot of different people everyone. within the hobby. You know, basically uh, everyone, you know, other than herself, really. Um and then you had her subsequently coming back out attacking King Pokemon, and then you, it was, um, and then it was Squeaks, and then it was Mason. Oh, we got attacked too. We got attacked too. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I since the very beginning, you know. But yeah, for me, like I've got pretty thick skin, and I've told people before, like what I find the most unfortunate thing is if you make a mistake, if you make an honest mistake then you should come out and you should say, you know what, I messed up and you apologize for it and you move on. But what I don't agree with is a lot of these these content creators or business owners coming back out and apologizing for something that really they shouldn't be apologizing about, right? Yeah. I think they're, they do it to try to ward off the leeches, right? To ju- just try to get a little bit of breathing room. And that I don't, I don't necessarily agree with. So, if if Ando, you know, if he did make a mistake in any part of that, then then yeah, I'm sure he'll come out and he will apologize for any aspect of that. But for him to have to say, you know what, I'm I'm leaving YouTube and I'm leaving what I enjoy most, or for you know Mason to have to come out and make a, you know, a video explaining himself and everything, I just I, I just don't agree with that. And and I, yeah, I don't so, think that it does them any good. So something yeah. that I've like kind of noticed in question um is like when content creators take like mental breaks away from social media and then when they come back, they feel like it's necessary to apologize. And I'm like, I've always questioned that. Like mm-hmm. if you're taking a break for yourself to to um essentially get better, um, because sometimes it's not easy being a content creator. Like so a lot of us have to take time away for ourselves or for family or anything of the sort to just kind of get us back on track. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've never understood why we essentially have to apologize um, to our community. If our community genuinely understands our situation, then 
they're going to be okay even if we were to take a break you know like mm-hmm. they're going to welcome us back in full arms but i've just i've always kind of like always wondered why content creators always question i mean why content creators always feel like it's necessary to apologize um and another thing i kind of want to like touch on is like i was watching this documentary called the social dilemma and um with what recently just happened with you know facebook going down and instagram going down when the whistleblower came out and how social media uh, essentially primes people to put the most ne- like social media itself puts the most negative thing and it puts it right in front of you because that's what we feed on the most and, the, mm-hmm. and it's the same way the news operates and um it it, it gets a lot of attention on it right mm-hmm. no one's going to pay attention to great deeds people are going to focus on the negative aspects of certain things and so you have people who kind of understand that they have a good a great grasp on how that works and they will uh, essentially um create issues within the community because they know that's going to drive clicks they, they know they're going to get the attention that they want out of something and i think that's something that um you know people really need to kind of differentiate what this person's actually trying to do versus what like what they're trying to do and what's the actual motive behind it mm-hmm. and um it's what we just feed on i think it's important to really just kind of you know take a step back and sort of see what happens and you know, I know you just mentioned this right now when, you know, content creators uh, mess up, they, they should apologize for it. Well, if a content creator messes up, the internet is so fast to literally take that one like millimeter of rope and they'll run with it before that content creator is even able to come out and apologize for it. Right. And so like right. that's something that's always fascinated to me. That's, that's always fascinated me. It just, it, it's crazy to me that, um you know, people will literally... Uh, attack someone before they even have the chance to apologize and i think you know just to be able to apologize for something you can't just say outright you're sorry right away it has to be well thought and it has to be clear and concise and sometimes some people have to step out and get their thoughts and collect their thoughts together to be able to put that across and you know ando could have been doing that he could have just realized like hey wow this was actually this didn't go as the this didn't go the way i wanted to you know and Mm -hmm. now i have to put this out there but it was already too late right right Yizzy, I'll go ahead and uh, and turn it over to you. I know uh, I know you probably got something to add to that. Um, no, he said it better than I would have. But just like the attacks, and like I mean, I'm reading one of these comments where it just said, um, "Oh, we won't believe you if you're really leaving until you like delete his challenge, faking an exit." Like people have feelings, man. Like it truly did hurt him. Like you have mm-hmm. no idea how much something so small can affect someone so much at that moment you know mm-hmm. i mean in the end he's going to look it over he's going to say wow like his family and friends are encouraged him you worked so hard for these seven years don't delete it and that's going to be the end result he's not going to delete his channel but the feelings of him wanting to quit the feelings of him those wanting are legitimate possibly mm-hmm. i i don't want to say this but hurt himself or the the feelings of literally wanting to quit are there a hundred percent so um yeah the fact that just to deny all that is is unfair on anyone you know like nobody's telling anyone else to quit like what especially something that they're super passionate about and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about like why are everybody just calling like when when people say like oh we're we're crit he he should be owning up to criticism has anybody like reached out to him and just told him like um maybe I, i don't know what you're exact stance on it is because i understand both sides like i understand that was way above market and it was like way above like uh what you could get at the store or what other card shops are selling it but at the end of the day like there's a right way of doing it there's a wrong way of doing it and Mm -hmm. a lot of people were teetering that line so yeah 
Yeah, and and again, I think it I think it really boils down to um, again, people have to start to understand that the, again, there's only two real price points out there. There is what people will pay, and there is what people will not pay. Absolutely. In economics, we call this laissez-faire, where we just let it be. The market will operate as it should. Now, there can always be manipulation, right? We see that in the stock yeah. market pretty consistently. In fact, uh, being a former financial advisor, one of the things that we always said, like this like common uh, analogy that we would use was the stock market is a graph of rich people's feelings. And in a lot of ways, that's true. The people that have the most influence can sometimes influence things in the direction that they want to see it go. But for the most part, for the most part, the market will operate according to the sensibilities of the investors, of the people within that market. And again, there is a lot of extraneous value that can sometimes be derived out of, of something that people don't see. So for the people that didn't think that that was a fair price, guess what? They didn't buy into it. The people that did and maybe got the exposure and got the value that they wanted out of it, then they, they did. That value was there even at... Um, even at that particular price point. It, you know, we see it all the time. You guys probably see it just in your local area where, you know, um, your game shops, for instance. A lot of the time, the game shops are going to be selling those items for, quote-unquote, above MSRP. Well, why is Absolutely. that generally the case? A lot of the time, it's because they can't keep enough inventory in their store or they can't garner enough quantity that they otherwise used to be able to do. So they may be able to get twice the amount of quantity, be able to charge it MSRP, meet their bottom line, and then also make a you know enough to keep the lights on and make a profit. Now with so mm -hmm. much of that cut, well, how do you how do you make up for that? How do you still meet all of those different requirements? Well, you have to raise the prices. You have to raise the prices in order to uh, basically meet all of those those various requirements. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I run a, I run a tobacco business, um, wholesale and retail. And so like during this entire pandemic, uh, like a lot of people who don't really have a business, don't really have an understanding of this, or you're just too ignorant to really understand that everything became a difficult, became difficult to acquire. The price of lumber has gone up. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, like when it came, when it came to a lot of the products that we have as a comp as a business, it became very, very difficult, to, difficult to acquire. It took us a year to get one of our products back on, on the shelf. And, um, we had increased prices off the board. We had to stop. Th there was a moment where we had to discontinue the sale of it to our wholesalers and keep it direct for retail because retail pricing is a little bit more profitable for a wholesaler to begin with if you're doing both. Um, so in this case scenario, like, I just think that people really need to start looking things objectively versus sentimentally. And um, in this hobby, it's so easy to look at things very, very sentimentally. Um, you know, something that I've, I've, I knew that, that like, I knew this sort of uh, president precedent was going to take place um, because I was watching the sports card hobby very, very closely, um, you know, in conjunction with Pokemon before Pokemon even, you know, uh, it blew, before Pokemon blew up. Um, and you know, the, the difference between sports and, and Pokemon is that there's a lot more sentimentality towards Pokemon than there is mm -hmm. sports. But the thing is, is that breaks and break culture and all this different stuff is so normalized in, in the sports card hobby. And this is all new to Pokemon. Right. And I think it just it, it's just going to take time. I think mm -hmm. a lot of Pokemon people are going to get used to the sort of this break culture. Like when Whatnot first came out, 
and myself and Yizzy were first song on that platform. Yizzy got canceled for it because one of his packs uh, uh, sold above MSRP, way above MSRP, mm-hmm. but he couldn't control that because it's on an auction. It's like an people auction. are consenting. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't control that. Like that's mm-hmm. out of someone else's hands. And um, the thing behind that is that people put him through that entire ordeal about it. But now when you look at whatnot and how many people who are participating on whatnot, you have the people that were canceling Yizzy now participating on that application itself and selling on there. And so now it's sort of become normalized. And I think that culture is becoming more and more normalized in this hobby. And I think just like Pokemon and how Pokemon evolve, I think us as people who participate in this hobby have to evolve. Mm-hmm. I think we all have to be a little bit more accepting as to what's going on. No, very true. And, I, and like you said, I think we will. Uh, much in the because you guys can uh, you know if you have a different opinion on this by all means let me know but in all actuality I truly think that the vast majority of the hobby has entered into the hobby within the last eighteen months right there has 100%. been a huge surge in people entering this hobby where it was fairly prior especially prior to twenty sixteen. It was a pretty obscure and esoteric uh, type of hobby to be in. Um, I remember getting back into it. And in, in early 2016, I don't even remember watching Leonhardt videos. I don't remember watching Real Breaking Nate mm-hmm. videos. You know who I watched back then? It was Gem Mint Pokemon and Primetime Pokemon. <laughs> Those were the two guys that I watched. And you just there just was not this exposure that there yeah. is now. And... It, you know, everything, for, whether it's just the collecting aspect, the buying, selling, investing aspect, that has seen such a huge transformation in this last year and a half, unlike anything I've I've ever seen, especially in the prior four years uh, that I had been in the hobby. And in much in the same manner, we, we go through those growing pains. The hobby as a whole goes through those growing pains, and eventually mm-hmm. we come out on the other side. And the hobby kind of reconstructs itself where Mm. it's like, okay, now we've kind of started to find our identity. We started to kind of understand how things are operating in this current paradigm and and moving forward. And then we all kind of come to a come to a conclusion on that. We all come to this kind of similar basis. Yeah. And I think someone in the chat actually said something, too, uh, that was that that just rang a bell. People are looking for a villain right now. And someone wants some like people want someone to blame. Mm-hmm. The the past the past I want to say year or so, um, with a lot of the issues that were taking place and the difficulty to find Pokemon product, the moment someone associates a problem to a face, then that's where that cancer culture comes from. Right. Even though that problem has nothing to do with them, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people blamed influencers after Caribou's video, right? It, like that correlation does not happen, right? You like. YouTubers have been putting prices on their YouTube channels for years and years and years before the boom even happened. What Mm -hmm. happened to that, right? Right. Or um, the fact that, um, what's another good example uh, of this? Like Logan Paul, right? Logan Paul coming into a hobby isn't necessarily, not necessarily why the prices went up. You just have to understand that a lot of people just got a lot of exposure from that and they decided to enter into a space Mm -hmm. when exposure for Pokemon was an all-time high. Right. Or people, like, or people, what people don't want to, place of blame on is the fact that the pokemon company international just wasn't expecting this much people coming through into a hobby when this was bound to happen COVID or not we were we were trending down this path right mm-hmm. if you go mm-hmm. on if you go on uh if you go on ebay 
back in 2019 and early 2020, PSA 9 prices, PSA 8 prices, PSA 7 prices were extremely undervalued. Uh, the supply of actual near mint condition cards of high end cards um, from first edition base all the way up to even 2002 plasma era, all, all those cards were severely undervalued. And once that supply completely ran out, then that's why you see that demand pop up 10x for a card. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like we were just bound to get to that point, COVID or not, influence or not, we were we were bound to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to see kind of the, the changing tide. And, and like you said, um, people, I, I've made this statement before, uh, because after the, the caribou video, um, Mm. she was basically saying that Pokemon had, had become more about money than the collecting or the playing aspect of it. And I put forth the, the, um, the response to that do you not mm. remember the price guides from from back in the day like yeah. there has always been a value attached to collectibles in general mm. but to pokemon cards more specifically the price mm-hmm. guides have always been there when we were out on the playground i can remember breaking out that price guide being like oh whoa 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 you want to trade uh, uh squirtle for my charizard uh-uh I'm a, I'm a little bit more savvy than that right so <laughs> and that's a way for us to create another sense of value around these items there's financial value there's sentimental value um there there's collecting value there's all these different values and again i don't think that one necessarily is more important than the other but it's unfortunate that we have the sentimentality of trying to impose one's will or one's viewpoints upon others and then to reject all of these other viewpoints and other ways of enjoying the hobby. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. I mean, like there's so many things behind me that are very, very sentimental that doesn't necessarily uh, get involved in this sort of market, right? We see Charizards mm-hmm. on the market all the time, but a lot of the stuff that I buy is based on sentimental value, right? I go to a person and they might not be really interested in selling a particular item and I throw them a figure at it and they might consider it and they might actually sell it. You know, like if you're if you're sentimental about something and you want it, you're going to pay that that you're going to pay the price to be able to acquire it, Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise, otherwise it's tough. You know, at at that point, you can't have it at that point. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. that's just how the world works. You know, we don't live in this sort of ideal society where it's like, oh, wow, that's something that came from my childhood. I should automatically have that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I don't know. Like people completely are so dismiss- dismissive when it comes to the Pokemon hobby as a whole, that it's a hobby, right? Hobbies and collectibles have always had a dollar sign attributed to it, whether it's cars, whether it's antiques, whether it's coins, whether it's comic books, you name it. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. The The other aspect that I find um, interesting is kind of the 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 fickle nature that we also experience where we can have something like i guess a good example is like battle styles like when battle styles was first released it was really popular it was a fairly allocated first wave 
the prices had gone up, and then we got another wave of battle styles. The the product tanked, and nobody really cared about it anymore. It's kind of similar to what we saw with Evolving Skies, where mm-hmm. Evolving Skies prices had dropped. Now, because of the lack of supply, they've shot back up again, and all of a sudden, everybody cares about it now. And it's just like whenever that whenever that uh, bar shifts in an upward direction, it's like everybody wants to jump back onto that but as soon as it starts to come back down everybody wants to flee and it and it's not just pokemon i've I've experienced this across so many different markets before and that is in my in my opinion it's because it goes completely against human instinct human instinct tells you that when something is falling when something is dropping it's falling in price the instinct is to run and and to flee Mm -hmm. and to get out of there it's no good get away from it um and just on the opposite side, everybody wants to jump in when it's at its high, right? Everybody wants to jump in on Bitcoin, on cryptocurrency when it's at its high. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to jump in on Amazon when it's at its high. Pokemon cards are are really no different, unfortunately. Yeah. I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's just the uh, that's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. It's like that crypto guy or the Dogecoin millionaire. He I saw a meme where he's like, when it's low. You buy, you buy, you buy. And when it's high, diamond hands, diamond hands, diamond hands. <laughs> when it's low, we, you buy, you buy. It's just it the yeah. whole time. We actually met a guy who became a multimillionaire off of Doge at in Vegas. So that was pretty cool. Like we, wow. we were not expecting it. The dude was just chilling in a pool on an inflatable. He didn't have a single drop of water on him. And he was just chilling there for a straight hour. And like come to find out this dude's a, mil- a multimillionaire off of Doge. I was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing. And and now we're starting to see so many other markets enter the hobby with uh, with things like NFTs starting to mm-hmm. to gain a foothold and uh mm-hmm. you know everybody's everybody's always looking for that next opportunity, right? And and it's understandable yeah. that we had so many people that jumped into Pokemon over 2020 because of what we we witnessed this really unprecedented time in in a collectibles hobby and uh so it 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 certainly makes sense so uh i think i think that's enough of like the the negative aspects i wanted to get into that today and kind of dive into that and get your guys perspectives because i want to give the exact juxtaposition of that and i think you guys are definitely uh well primed to speak on this because you've been going to a ton of conventions lately. I see you guys out and about all the time, as I talked about earlier. And uh, the camaraderie that I see, uh, obviously I'm not there, I'm not with you guys, but the camaraderie that I see there and the the, the interpersonal aspect um, that I see vicariously through your social media is it's, it's really compelling. And so I'd like you guys to go ahead and elaborate. Everything being said right now, what are you guys actually seeing out there? When you're seeing the community face-to-face, when you're seeing your fellow content creators face-to-face, what's the vibe that you're you're picking up from them? Yuzi, you, you, uh, you want to take this one first? Yeah, so when you first uh, mentioned, like, the whole topic, are Pokemon cards so enjoyable? And when I'm with these people, man, like, it's so different, like, collecting and being around these people and talking about it. And I feel like some of mistake, well, are, are those selected people? No, like even in some of these conventions from the smallest collectors from like opening packs or just talking about Pokemon. Um, uh, uh, last night we were talking about when Real Breaking Nate was there when he was around, some, some kid came up to him 
and like literally he spent 30 minutes with this kid opening yeah, we did a box break battle wow they did a box break battle like it, it's not it doesn't matter what phase or what um status you come from in a pokemon community when it comes mm -hmm. down to these conventions and traveling it, it's it's a joy it's an honor to like be in this room with like-minded collectors no matter what where you come from and i don't know if that was the uh, answer you're necessarily looking for but like that's my take and like what how uh, how i see these events and that's why i spend all this money to go out to um, go to these conventions what about you ship um, for me, it's, it's very, very similar, you know, like I, we spent, you know, we came myself and Yizzy, we came into the hobby about a little over two years ago now, uh, two, two, close to two and a half now. Um, we've, we've been involved for, we, we, we've been involved for quite some time. And, you know, after seeing, you know, Lee, Nate, Danny, Ando and all of them and Jordan fringe all at worlds. Like I was like, man, that that's what I want to be able to experience uh, with like-minded people, right? Like none of my friends really, really like Pokemon, you know, like they, they know what I do, but they don't really participate in it. Like they think it's cool, but like, mm -hmm. that's just not what they're into. And so the moment events started popping up and, you know, collective con started happening. Um, we started going to those events, you know, like, it's like, Hey, like, let's just take a stab at it. And, um, you know, Yizzy's first Collecticon, he went there. He enjoyed it. I saw it. I had FOMO off of that. Bad I was FOMO. Like, he booked his ticket. I had bad night. FOMO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I called him. I called him while he was hanging out with Nate in his in his hotel room. But the thing is that I couldn't go because it was that same weekend where my parents had just got their shots in. They couldn't go because they, were, they weren't feeling well. I had to run the business then. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I, I wanted to go, but I couldn't. Um, fast forward to the second Collecticon. Myself and Yizzy, this is this is a lot bigger than the first one. A uh, lot more content creators were there, and you know, you look at you you talk to every person that went to Collecticon, whether it's a small content creator or even someone who just participates in the hobby as a whole, they will all give you the exact same opinion, and they will say it was a blast. Mm -hmm. And the reason yeah. why is because there's a level of camaraderie there. Like you're meeting people, and people think like. Like when you're when you're on social media, right? It seems as if there is this whole click, and there's there, there there's clickish behaviors, and I don't think that's the case. I think that when you get people out who love Pokemon together, those lines aren't even apparent. People are down to hang out with each other. Uh, if 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 one guy that I've never even met before wants to come eat lunch or dinner with us, he's more than welcome to. You know, mm -hmm. like that that's just how it is, right? Um, and, yeah, and we you actually know, had one guy. So like during the event. A lot of people, the, the convention hosted within a hotel, like the convention is hosted within a hotel. And during Collecticon, there was this one hotel, I forgot which one was it, like the Marriott. And that's where- the Embassy. Everybody, embassy, that's where everybody booked their hotel via the website. Mm -hmm. And so at one point it was just like common to, every, after the convention, everybody met in the lobby. And I remember going out to eat, there was like a group of people, like I knew probably two or three of them and we're like, yeah, let's go out to eat. We started walking. And based off everybody we talked to, there was this one, like two people there. And I thought one of my friends of my friends knew this person. But when we got there, like the guy's like, no, I just met you out the lobby. And I thought y'all were cool. And you, you said everybody come or whoever's hungry, we're about to go down the street to grab some. And he came with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he came yeah. with us. And I asked him, I'm like, Rob, do you know him? And I'm like, shoot, do you know this guy? And like, no, no nobody knew him. And he just mm -hmm. thought we were cool. And then like, and now he's our friend. He's actually gonna be at this Collecticon. He had such a yeah, great yeah. Time. Like he he was with us, uh he was with the, he was with us in Tampa too. Um so I mean yeah. like 
it, it's funny how things work and how friendships are built but like i don't think you know when you go to these events people are like oh this guy's better than you and this guy's better than that person that like it, it, we're just there for a good time you know like mm -hmm. we're like when myself and yizzy we're planning to go to these events it's like hey this is what we're doing as far as business goes the whole business aspect is like yizzy's going to buy collections i'm there to produce content gain sponsorships meet as many people as possible network i think that's mm -hmm. that's that's the whole uh premise as to why we go to these things and further our relationships with a lot of the people that we're working with like we're, we work hand in hand with collecticon very very extensively and you know we're already uh basically told that we're basically going to all the tour dates for next year and so that's awesome. um it's it's all about it's, I want it's all about to show that um it's it's completely different how their persona that people fake online is completely yeah. different in real life and, and I For mean sure. you know this that's why they call them keyboard warriors not to call out the keyboard warriors yeah. but like <laughs> when you go out there like nobody's out there like ready to fight somebody they're not they're mm -hmm. like hey I know you and what's your username and blah 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 like it's really like like she said earlier nobody comes out of the convention saying like that was absolutely the worst thing ever I never want to go back like. I, I hate Shiv. Cancel him right now. <laughs> you know, even though it happens like, like every once a month. Yeah, well, yeah. To me, it's it, to me, it's a much it, it's the it's a much more natural way of of interaction, right? When you're seeing somebody face to face, there's always going to be a a, a certain level of empathy there, right? And a Correct. certain level of uh, of getting to know somebody, understanding them, uh, versus just you being you know a faceless uh, figure online. Right. Um, and I think that is that is the way that we we are supposed to interact. We're supposed to interact yeah. in person. We're supposed to yeah. speak to each other. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've witnessed it myself, even people that, you know, may may bash online um, and then you meet them out in person like, hey, you know what, man, I, I was that guy that said that thing to you before. I actually apologize <laughs> about that. You're actually a pretty cool guy. And, and it's just like that happens. You know, you shake hands and it's just like, hey, we're cool, man. We're friends now. And. I think that if we did have more of that interaction, and I'm hoping that, you know, with things starting to level out, with things starting to normalize, that we can get back to that. We can get back to more people going to conventions, to meeting the content creators that they enjoy or, or maybe don't enjoy, but actually understand that when they meet them in person, that they're actually really good people. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it, there's, there's just a certain level of of interaction there that you just you can't get like i like these conversations are great but i guarantee yeah. if the three of us were in person it would be a hundred times better right and that's oh yeah that's it'd just be a blast of course yeah, yeah it'd be a blast i mean like we were just in vegas um and, and, and i mean like tampa is a great example tampa was a little bit more low-key than uh uh dallas at collecticon um it was basically with people that we already know that we've already worked with um people that we you know, have conversations with on a regular basis. It was a little bit more low key and it was just, it was great. It was calm. It was great. You know, Vegas was a little bit better in the sense of the fact that, um, you know, those of us that were there, we got to experience something definitely new and we got to be part of something big as far as giving away to charity. I know a lot of people were very, very zeroed in on how packs were quote unquote mishandled or, or uh, what Gary said in mm -hmm. conversation which i don't think uh really matters um you know like people like to people like to zero in things that 
I, I think like there's people out there that just want to focus on the negativity and that's what they really want to focus it focus sure. in on right like you like as someone's watching my content if you're if you actually enjoy my content that's what you're focused on right to enjoy my content but if you're someone who absolutely despises me and has and lacks that sort of empathy then you're going to watch my content for the sole purpose of finding the flaws that are within it right mm-hmm. um like you have to understand that so many people um were just ragging on the entire event but they or or they were talking about how the energy was low well there was only like 60 pokemon content creators and like the rest of the people that were there were mostly media people that do their own blogs and articles and then you have a bunch of I mean, was it investor people. Though? was it like in reality i i had a blast people were I yelling think it was a perfect vibe i don't think this was supposed to be like a huge I, I rager. Know, like <laughs> I it was a great vibe like i like personally i thought everyone had a great time that was there like i just got hit up by the people um that did the nft thing news go, wa- go watch go watch my blog like i had a blast yeah. <laughs> i recorded yeah. every part i mean like if you if, if, if anyone like looks at um like my 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 reels or they look at the posts that we produce or they look at any other content creators there like or even like you talk to gem mint or old school a lot of these people who don't really post as much content as they i mean i think they should but like you you look at you look at all the things that they do and it's like wow we had a blast like when are we going to do this again so like we're Mm -hmm. we're always planning for the next thing and so um this event's gonna be like the next thing i mean we're we're just gonna get back with the same people that we all know and love and we have a great time with them and just meet more people, right? Like myself and Yizzy, we told our, our community or the community that like, Hey, if you, if you, if you see us say, stop by and say hello to us, you know, like mm-hmm. we're going to, we're, 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 we're there to say hello. Like we're, we're nothing special. We're people just like you and I, we just like putting ourselves out there and just like doing dumb stuff on the internet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, when you go to things like that, it's 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 really what what are you what are you taking away from it right like that for me, what you know for you guys you know the the social connections that you make the sponsorships those are all really important right and and that helps yeah. to build your brand your your business all of these different things, but then you know who are the people that you met there new friends that you met um, the the experiences that you have like that is is so important and I I can tell you right now that just from my channel these are by far and away my favorite pieces of content that i do because i get to talk with so many interesting people from all various walks of life from all various aspects of the community and it's just great every time that i walk away from it i always gain something more it's like i'm i'm adding another tool into my tool belt whether that is Mm -hmm. a, a connection whether that is something that i've learned which is very often the case something that i learn in that discussion um and new and new friends right like i through this podcast and speaking with members of the community i it has presented a host of opportunities uh for myself that i otherwise would not have had and that's all about just putting yourself out there putting yourself out there um and uh you know just garnering more friends within this community i think that's that's exactly what you guys are are doing. So I got I got to ask you um, before I, I do want to jump into some questions from uh, the chat here, and mm-hmm. uh, I know I know Yizzy's got to get going soon. Our our boy Rob, we don't want to leave Rob at the at the airport for too long. I mean, we can we can leave. <laughs> he him just texts me. He's like, 
he's like, I landed, but I'm just sitting here watching you still sitting there <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Which I miss, I miss the heck out of Rob. Like uh, th- that guy is, is fantastic. If, if there's one person that I really wish would start putting out more content, it's Rob because I love watching 100%. his stuff. Uh, he, he's he's just such up. a good dude. We yeah. we've been we've been uh trying to we've been yelling at him we've been yelling at him. Yeah, he, he's he, he's just hilarious, just one one of the yeah. the funniest people ever, and, and just such a such a good hearted guy. Um, but what I want to ask you guys, you know, of all the things that you've uh, done thus far, all the conventions that you've been to, I'd like you guys to share perhaps your most memorable experience that you that you've garnered thus far. Most memorable. Oof. I'll let Shiv go first. I, I, oh man, that's I, that's tough. Cause like every yeah. every like so someone was just telling me the other day, it's like Shiv, Yiz, you and Yizzy have like you guys been traveling around like rock stars. And I'm like, nah, we're just we're just trying to like we're we're trying to put ourselves in a better position than we were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um so like all these different events they bring they they're their own specific highlights, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the first time my first collecticon, which is like Yizzy's second collecticon is um, meeting Yizzy and, and meeting all these people that I, I've just been talking to for ye- for year for like a, ye- a year plus, like being able to sit down with Nate after talking to him for a year, being able to sit down with Danny and after talking to her for a year plus, and all these different content creators, and just finally, um, like obviously, obviously, you know, myself and Yizzy, we run this podcast and we've had them on the podcast a couple of times or once before. Mm-hmm. It just it, it's so great um, to actually like enjoy each other's company without this sort of screen in place, without mm-hmm. that distance in place. Um, and then like Tampa was great in itself because like um, Yizzy and I, we kind of focus more on the, the bit, like Yizzy focus on what he's doing as far as uh, his business goes. And then I focus on being able to grow um, the channel as far as, uh, 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 as far as finances go. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we went to Vegas, that was more of like, you know, us, you know, specifically we're there 100% for charity, but also being able to meet the same people and grow those current relationships as well as um, just being able to meet new people, you know, like there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of opportunity. And I think that if, if you're just going there just for the sake of having fun, then, then it's, it's, you're, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice, but like, I find enjoyment. So like, that's why like Yizzy and I, we have a great dynamic because um, in some ways I'm more, uh, uh, like I, 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 like I'm more schedule oriented, but I also want to be able to uh, see all these different people and then put ourselves into a better position. I find a lot more enjoyment in that. Mm-hmm. And then Yezzy, uh, he finds all these different things that we can get into. He plans all, a lot of the, the different pieces of content that we might get into or provide a different perspective or a different idea. And it's like, that's what we enjoy the most. Like, I can't really give you an exact answer as to like, know, what the dude. highlight that's- is. But that's like, that's milking it, Shiv. Let me think longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 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 just keep my milking the cow, bro. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I I love I love every single person that we've met. You know, like, I can't I can't fault anyone. You know, like, you know, obviously, like myself and Yizzy, we might have our own uh, struggles with social media, and there definitely is social struggles with social media uh, when it comes to people who don't necessarily really like us because we have different opposing views, and I think that's just what it comes down to. Like mm-hmm. I know that there are people that have different opposing views and let's just leave it at that. If you don't, if you don't like my content, you don't have to watch it, but there's going to be people out there that are going to watch it and hate on mm-hmm. it regardless. So that's out of your control. That's social media for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and I think in the end, you know, those are the people that you focus on, right? Yeah. Is who, who are the people that are finding value from my content that it is helping or providing entertainment to? Correct. And uh, that, those are the people that you want to continue. Invest into those that invest in you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I love that. And so I think basically what you're saying, Shiv, is that really it's kind of everything in the aggregate, everything that you guys have experienced. It's really taking that experience of what you've garnered through uh, social media or through your content and really just taking that into the real world of really building even further upon the relationships that you've you've garnered through um, through content creating and, and just cultivating that e even more uh, with people out there in the real world. Yeah, I think as human beings, um, like, yeah, of course, we value time, uh, we value money. But I think the third most important thing that human beings do value is having a relationship with somebody and building upon those relationships and creating those relationships is literally the best way you can have a better life, so to speak, right? Like, you know, like no one man should have stay on an island, right? Like you can burn every single bridge you want, but the at the end of the day, you're just going to be an island. You're not going to have anyone helping you out. You're not going to have, you're not, there's, there's going to be no benefit behind it. Once you, once you're on that island and you use up all those resources, then it's done. You're, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. Right. But if, if you build those bridges, then, um, you're, you're not only benefiting yourself, but you're also benefiting other people because you yourself as an individual, you have a lot to offer to people. Like Yizzy has a lot to offer to people. I have a lot to offer to people. We have a lot to offer each other because we, we, we pick up on where, each of us, you know, falter at, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have my own flaws, but Yizzy's great in those specific areas. So like it works out in that context. And so um, that, that's just the way I look at it. You know, I, I might, the, the reason why I think influencers are a thing is because I provide a lot of value to people and where they're lacking. But, you know, if you actually sit down and talk to them uh, when you're at these events or anything of the sort, they might actually provide you a little bit more value. For sure, for sure. Mm. No, because we essentially, uh, we've all kind of gone through it before. Somebody has gone through it before uh, and, has, and has been in the same shoes that you're currently in, and they can help you kind of bypass that or, or maybe give you a little bit of a, of a jump start. No, I, I love that, man. I love that. That's a, that's a great answer. And I think, I think that's given Yizzy enough time to... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, should have, he should have a good enough answer by now. I'm, I'm trying to think of PG answers, but everything is like... <laughs> like PG, what are you thinking about? Yeah, so my favorite part, <laughs> meeting Shiv for the first time and saw that he actually doesn't work out at all. He has chicken legs. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't work out at all. Get yeah, out of here. He Get out of here. Edits all his videos, and it's every little thing. I saw all those editing softwares on his thing, <laughs> real pictures and fake pictures. But um, it would be like the first night uh, I met Shiv and Rob. Well, it was Rob first. Um, yeah. And we were like, okay, yeah, let's let's go out somewhere to eat. And there was only one place. And it was called like high pitch or something like that. And we're like, ah, hey, let's go in there. We go in there, we get set down. And then the menu was really, really great. We start opening Pokemon cards and then went like our waiter comes out and our waitress comes out. We're like, hmm, that's interesting. And the next one, the next one. And like, we just walked into like a borderline like strip club <laughs> slash high in the Hooters. And then I'm like, Rob, like what is going on here? And like, you know, the food was really good. It was great. But like, it, we, were, we just looked goofy because we had like all these Pokemon pack wrappers like on the table just opening up packs. And so, so it was, uh, yeah. And that's I, why I they continue to we go back there. is for the, the fantastic food, right? The food was- No, no, they got me to go. They got really me to go good. and I wasn't expecting it. 
No, the food menu is just completely random. They have, excuse me, literally everything. It, it's just random. Um, and I wasn't expecting it because like Yizzy's like, hey, we're going here. And I'm like, okay, cool. And like Don Diego trading, she's like, go there, get the pickled fries. And I'm like, Yeah, oh, it was just there, the closest the spot and they were always open. Yeah. And then when you went inside, you're like, What did I just walk into? And it's then like, you start what's going on here? It, it, it's le- like it's literally labeled on Google Maps as family restaurant. <laughs> so like you're yeah. going in there thinking this is the best thing, like family friendly, and then you just see all these, you know. <laughs> extracurricular highlight activities yeah that, that's yeah. a highlight so, for you that's a terrible then, highlight bro no, well i was just thinking like funny moments because like we rob and i went back to our phones and we're like dude this says family fresh and i'm like yo chelsea's gonna get on to you like <laughs> so it was just funny i just thought that was one I, I, like another highlight like this this is just funny but like uh so like right after the event uh, in Vegas, um, we were like, we gotta go. We it was like we have to leave now. We had to go see the the fight. We had to go watch the fight. Um, none of us had like actual tickets to go actually watch the fight in person. And um, you know, some of our buddies got invited to go to the Wilder uh, versus Fury fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot. Some of our buddies got actual invites to Hakkasan at the MGM Grand to like hang out with Steve Aoki oh. behind stage, and we were given we were extended those invites as well. Um, but we weren't able to due to our airport situation. Granted, looking back now, we, we should have just not, we should have just skipped back from the uh, airport. But uh, <laughs> we got to Pokeju's hotel room and um, I get there after everyone else does. And I'm like, why aren't you guys watching? Like they have the TV on, but they're not even watching the fight on there. And I see Yizzy on his iPhone and they have it set up right there. And me and Super Duper Danny, we rode together uh, with Robo Skills and we ended up watching this entire fight off of Yizzy's phone. And I'm like, this is insane. We're, like- in, we're, in, Ve- <laughs> yeah, we're in Vegas and we're watching this fight on an iPhone in a really, really nice hotel room. And I'm like, what is this? That, that was just hilarious to me. Yeah. I asked Pokey Drew how much, cause uh, he got a really nice room. He like, spl- he told me, he's like, oh, I shouldn't have splurged. His room was like two grand by the end of the wow. trip. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like, nonetheless, I mean, like, nice shoot room. one, <laughs> yeah shoot like even the the one thing that i cannot stop talking about is the food at the actual pokemon saves the world event they literally were rotating like they actually had catering done and they actually were rotating food like every hour it was like something new every hour wow. which was absolutely crazy i was like whoa this is this is intense but like we we were we were just eating all the food as soon as we got there we sat down we started eating and yeah, dude, uh, it, it was just they it had was cool. something called the articuno beer freeze that was really good wow. beer, beer and then later through the night they had tacos then they had like um asian food and then they had like at the very end they had more of like a camp out they had kebabs like high-end kebabs wow yeah it was nice and then i wouldn't expect anything less honestly with with steve aoki at the helm i i I really wouldn't expect anything less than 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 the absolute best that guy you know and that's the thing like you know, probably the 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 thing that I love the most about the Pokemon community and and the inclusion that we generally have is that you can have somebody like that, Steve Aoki, who conducts an event, him and King Pokemon, that raises so much money, so much awareness, um, and and provides such a unique event, unlike so, unlike something that most people have ever experienced uh, being in this hobby prior. And, and that's where I think the more inclusive or, yeah, the more inclusive that we can be, 
The more yeah, people that we 100%. can accept, the more I, people that we can say, hey, you know what? Let's bring them in. Let's, you know, let's accept them as part of the community. That can be a huge, huge benefit to the overall community. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just telling uh, Don Diego Trading, shout out to Laura, uh, literally last night. I was like, man, a lot of these events should, because like, the, the, the and, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I'll tell you the reason why. Um, I was just, I was telling, I was like, man, a lot of these events should just hire us because we create a lot of FOMO behind all these events as just content creators. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because like, I get so many responses, like, man, I should have went. It's like, oh, like when I watch your videos, like, like I get, I, I feel like I, you, if I and hung out there. with you, it would cure <laughs> depression. Like if it like, no, I, like one of my buddies, Christos, he was like, Shivam, if I was with you there, I feel like you would cure depression. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like just hanging out with you guys, like you guys are so high energy all the time that. It, it would just be a blast. Like when we were at Collecticon, um, we did not sleep. Like, like just to give you an idea, I only had five hours of sleep for literally three days out of the three days that I was there. Cause we were just up all night. Like myself, Nate, Danny, we were up till three, four o'clock in the morning, just hanging out, open up packs, just talking about Pokemon. In like, the lobby that's, too. That's, like, yeah, just in the lobby. We didn't have to go anywhere. Like, not like in somebody's room or anything. Like people mm -hmm. are out yeah. there walking around. Like, and it doesn't have to like like-minded people. Whatever. Yeah, anyone could sat down, sit down with us, and everyone did sit down with us. A bunch, like obviously, like those different like groups hanging out with each other. But we were all there together. Like you had TikTok people sitting here. You had obviously some YouTubers sitting here. You had just people who were opening up packs. You had like yeah. the the yeah, people, people looking at here. cards that they were going to send into grade. Like they're like, what do you think this would get? We had mm -hmm. Kanto Shark on the side, like grading cards for people, <laughs> like. Saying like, oh, I think this could get a solid A. There's a little nick right here, maybe a little where, <laughs> you know, just different facets of collecting. You know, whether it be yeah. just pack openings or investing, grading. Mm -hmm. No, I love that, yeah. man. And and I think if 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 you guys aren't convinced to get out there to the next convention, wherever it may be, the next uh, Collecticon, um, you know, these these guys have definitely given you the the impetus to do so. And and more than likely, whatever event it is, you're probably gonna see their smiling faces there. And even, even, even like, let's say you can't go to a convention, right? I, I implore every person who's watching this or will watch this to go out of your way to like, go to your local card shop, right? Like a local card shop is literally a community where people who are like-minded get together. Like you don't necessarily have to play anything. Just go there, sit there, uh, look at the car. It's like, there's more a piece of that piece at mind when you're actually at a card shop doing these sort of things. Cause like, think about it. Like a lot of us don't necessarily have IRL, like my own personal college friends, my friends that I talk to on a regular basis, they don't collect Pokemon, mm -hmm. but like you go to a card shop, you can literally make friends with someone just because it's like, Oh, you collect Pokemon. Like, you won't know that until you actually step out of your way to do that. So you don't necessarily have to fly out and spend thousands of dollars on traveling. Like myself and Yizzy were able to do like at first where we put so much money in now that a lot of these events are at, like they're comping some of our stuff for us. Mm -hmm. So like it works out for us in that, in that benefit. But like, if you can't do that and you know, prices are, are a barrier, like being able to travel is a barrier and working and having all these responsibilities are very go 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 to your local card shop right mm -hmm. or like even if you can't even do that if you if your local card shop's far away obviously a lot of you have your own personal friend groups make a group chat and facetime them i know myself i facetime alex hodges jordan fringe all the time almost mm -hmm. all the time i'm on yizzy on a phone i'm with yizzy on a phone call every single day i kid you not like he's in houston right now and i'll call him three or four times and he might not pick up until Never. Like fifth Ever. call. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> No, that, that's amazing. No, it's it, yeah. it's 
And and honestly, I feel like that's that's the way that it it kind of always has been, and and that was really the impetus for this conversation. I thought you guys were again well poised to to give that perspective that often we we don't see or that that goes unnoticed. Is that mm. this is a very very good hobby to be in, um, one that is still really strong and and one that accepts you know people from all walks of life. Right. And I don't think it necessarily goes unnoticed. I just think that people need to have like this sort of shift in mentality where they shouldn't necessarily focus on the negative, the, 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 the motive or, or the premise of them going into a piece of content or looking at something. You shouldn't be uh, looking for something to critique right off the bat or, or, or uh, looking at it to, to say something negative about it right off the bat. I think it's like, Hey, consume it for what it is if if you have uh, if you don't like it then you can express that criticism um in that uh, uh manner right i don't mm-hmm. believe any content creator is infallible i think all of us are responsible of our own actions but i also think that a lot of our a lot of us content creators have created this sort of reputation and we're not willing to put any sort of value like we're, we're not willing to lose it just for something small as like one thing right right like if we mess up we're gonna own up to it in our own way i just think it's 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 response it's important to just sort of step back kind of see what they're coming from and if you have any sort of concerns just message them you know Mm -hmm. uh you don't have to you don't have to like crap on someone right off the bat and i think um you know that sort of shift needs to happen if you focus on the positives then you're gonna see that right like a lot of people watch the stream they focus on the negatives but like if you if you actually on the flip side after watching that stream went to instagram and watched all of our content then that's the positive for it like you could have mm-hmm. been like wow looks like it was a blast and yeah. some people saw that some people didn't right right no really really good guys i want to go ahead and give an opportunity yeah. now over to uh the chat if you guys have any questions for uh yizzy or shivam go ahead and toss them in there um you know, it, it, if you have any questions about Shivam's workout routine, I, I Yizzy has uh, has given he has cast doubt on his uh, his his workout routine. So uh, we literally worked you know, I'm out sure together he can educate at you all in the his, hotel you know, his and sets him. and and supersets and mm, and his yeah. hypertrophy phase and all that good stuff. <laughs> Not worth it. Like uh. Yizzy, let's have a deadlift day in Houston. Huh? Let's have a deadlift day in Houston. We, we can do we can do a flexing contest with our legs. Can you play soccer? Your leg like your legs your legs are primed for that. What? So I just have bad I just have bad calf chains, man. Oh, but I can still outlift. I can still out. I can lift you. I can outlift you. I can outlift you in everything. Okay. I mean, I mean, we we can have an audience, you know, everywhere around us at CollectCon. We don't need a dude. yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We'll, we'll go. To, I mean, deadlifts are you know, a leg workout, you know, no, we, we can, can just be in front of everyone in the middle and get people can cast in their votes. Just pose. There's a difference between nice ca- working catwalk. out for hypertrophy versus working out for strength. Uh, Blast boost. 86 uh, is asking, what is your squat level? Uh, both uh, of you, uh, how many my pounds? squat right now is 265 and my deadlift is 330. 265. Mine 266. What's your other <laughs> <one>? <laughs> and my bench is 215. Oh yeah. Easy. 216. At a body weight at 159. Right, 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 right. You see how much do you weigh? Hmm? Uh, you weigh? 165 maybe. Jeez. You chunky. 
Yeah, 165, 170. Yeah. He, you know, Yizzy, don't, don't is, Yizzy is a part of the three chunk of tears. Oh, we are. We are. Yeah. Gotta be careful, you got to be careful, though, Shiv. Be careful on those weights, man. They will come back to haunt you later mm. on. I, so I, I, I played football and ran track in, in, in oh. college, and that was a lot of years of, uh -huh. of heavy weightlifting. And now... Yeah. I'm a, I'm a broken down old man because of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to do it while you can, you know, I don't want to have any regrets. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm still a young dude. I'm 26. He is. He's just old. Yeah. Exposing me. Uh, RDG asks, uh, what's next on uh, pokey tea time? What can people expect? Um, so essentially myself and Yizzy, we have a studio based recording, a uh, recorded episode, uh, this Sunday. Um, at Collecticon on stage. Mm -hmm. um, if you're there to show up, I mean, you'll be able to watch us at that second stage. Um, but we'll also be live on whatnot. Um, so we'll have that ready to go as far as that goes. So that live aspect will be there, but you will have to tune in from whatnot just to be able to watch it, either from Yizzy's side or my side or through whatnot side. We'll get that fixed out and we'll let everyone know as far as social media goes. But that mm -hmm. happens at 10 to 11 a.m. And uh -huh. um, then after that, uh, we're, we, we resume our normal uh, podcasting as far as uh, our Tuesday night streams go. Oh, but we can tell what we're doing at Collecticon for people that are doing. We're doing the Squid Games games to win packs, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those guys who don't know, uh, that, that scene in Squid Game where the guy shows up uh, at the train station where he's slapping him every single time. Uh, we're going to find people who are going to consent into, you know, the whole Squid Game aspect. <laughs> and if they can flip the little piece of paper then uh uh then they win a pack if they can they just get slapped but that that's just or, that, that's or just a piece of content gets or, or i get slapped uh, i mean <laughs> it doesn't matter it's something but uh we're, we're 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 figuring out stuff as far as content goes but um as far as future guests go we might have nav actually nav you're more than welcome to come up on the podcast anytime um we do have pokey chloe but we don't know when so like now it, before we used to have like guests every single week um, when it comes to our actual podcast, but we kind of changed that direction to where um, we want to be able to uh, have the right kind of subject matter uh, and have that subject matter very, very appropriate as to um, the guest itself and how the guest can actually benefit the subject matter itself. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're in a business of being able to provide as much value to our audience. And so, um, you know, uh, we'll definitely have you on board. We're going to, we're going to figure out a schedule for that, obviously. And then uh, for Pokey Chloe, she's confirmed. I just don't know when. So awesome. it just comes down to time as well as, um, you know, as far as that goes. But mm. yeah, yep. like myself and Yizzy, like some of you guys don't know it, but like we legitimately come up with a lot of our subject matter like the day of. Like we're, we're making our streams like the day of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think honestly, what, what a lot of people don't realize is I think there's far more content creators out there that follow that kind of schedule than, than what they actually realize because we're, you know, we're busy. You know, we all have yeah. a ton of stuff go going on and I, I'm right there in the same boat with you. There'll be some times where it's the morning of, you know, I try to get out three videos a week and it's like the morning of and I'm like, man, mm. I've got two hours that I could actually make this happen. What am I going to do? And it's time yeah. to, it's time to dig deep and you don't ever want to sacrifice you know, quality or value just to get content yeah. out there. And so sometimes it's just, you know, it has to go uh, by the wayside. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you, you definitely, for those out there listening and watching, definitely give 
a lot of kudos to your your content creators because it, it does take a lot, especially to put that out consistently uh, yeah. one after another. Mm. Oh, of course. Well, guys, I I have a question for you. I have a question yeah, yeah, for yeah. you. So what, what's, what's the goal? Like, what's something that you would like to achieve as far as content creating goes in the next uh, 12 months? So for me personally, I mean, my, my channel has kind of always been based around the, the investing aspect, the business aspect, the mm. uh, market aspect, because I think that's probably my strong point, right? It's my strong point because I have a strong background in that, also creating other businesses. I have a history of doing that. And so for me, the, the goal is to really, I think, increase the, the quality of my videos. So whether that is just in the editing, whether that is in portraying information, getting it out there in a more concise manner, um, because I think I've kind of found my niche in that area. And then also expanding um, this podcast as well. I would like to get to a point where, I mean, this, this might be far off, but to actually speak to people in person, you know, kind of like a Joe Rogan style where it's like, hey guys, <laughs> Come on down to uh, to Phoenix. Let's talk in person. Um, I've got other things kind of being worked on uh, behind the scenes, trying to actually talking about conventions and talking about these type of events. Uh, these are things that I'm actually uh, working on right now to actually develop here in the the local Phoenix area. And myself okay. and my business partner um, are are looking to try to expand that so that we can really try to make you know, the Phoenix metropolitan okay. area, kind of a hub, a place that people look oh, at as, you know what, for TCGs in general, mm -hmm. but even Pokemon, mm -hmm. uh, that's a place yeah. that I'd like to get to. Those are events that I'd like to see. Um, because right now it seems like Texas and uh, maybe Las Vegas kind of have a, uh, a stronghold <laughs> on that, right? And I would really yeah, like Florida, to see- Florida, Texas, Chicago, yeah. uh, Vegas are like the four places where it's typically at, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the direction that that I'm headed is is still sticking within that, um, oh. but really just trying to fine tune it even further and, and provide it in a more uh, high quality uh, fashion. Right, right. I think that's sort of exactly what we're kind of doing. Right. Well, like that's sort of our goals as far as like fine tuning. I think um, obviously, like for a lot of you guys who don't know, we started our podcast in November. And um, ever since then, we've been making like minor jumps, uh, minor adjustments. And even if we do have something that's working right now, we might change it in the next, you know, four or five months because it's like, hey, what works? What's going to essentially um, make it a little bit better for us? And what, what do we think is going to be more enjoyable for our audience? And what's going to allow them to take as much as possible from it? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I think that's pretty much it. I think, you know, we we uh, we got a lot of things out of this and uh, you know, I think that's that's the coolest thing about it. We really appreciate um, you allowing us to come on our plat. I mean, come on your platform and sure. uh, talking to you. Yeah. Oh, of course, guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. Sincerely... We have a lot to learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sincerely uh, my pleasure as well. You guys, you guys are offering and doing a lot of good things <laughs> for the community. And, uh, you know, those are those are the people that I in any way that I possibly can, even if it's just the smallest degree, uh, promote yep. them and, and, uh, you know, get you, get you guys out there to, to a larger audience. But, uh, well, thank you. Truly, truly Thanks. appreciate you guys. 
Uh, before we sign off, I do want to give you guys the opportunity uh, to shout out all your social medias, all the different platforms that you guys are on. So anybody that's going to watch this or listen to it, they can make sure to check you guys out. Yuzi, go ahead. Oh, uh, Yuzi Pokemon. I'm on uh, YouTube and Instagram. I just did a everything we talked about. I just did a, a vlog style um, content of where I walk around and about save the world event and what I did in Vegas. It's like so, a David Dobrik style video. Dobrik Dobrik style, correct. Nice. It's like like five minutes long. So if y'all want to check that out and see like more of the vibe instead of what you saw online and what actually was happening through the scenes, go yeah. check it out. Fo but yeah, follow that's Yizzy. He needs he needs help, man. He needs as much clout as possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay. If you don't want to, you say, oh, it sucks. Just like unsubscribe to like the video, you know? No, I mean, like, definitely give it a chance. I think, like, what we're trying to aim for is something, like, a little bit different as far as content goes, and we want to adapt as far as that goes. But, yeah, I'm I'm not Shivam. You can see it in the title right there. Uh, I'm literally that on everything. Uh, I, I recently just started up a Facebook page for that, so if you want to follow that, go ahead. Um, on on Instagram, I'm at not Shivam. TikTok, I'm, I'm at not Shivam. Follow me. Almost at that 60K mark. Um, that's pretty much it. And, oh, subscribe to the Pokey Tea Time podcast if you – Enjoy us, and if you want to see more of us, and if you want to see Nav on the channel as well. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I look forward to it, guys. I look forward to the invite. And again, uh, one last big thank you to both of you uh, for being on today. Best of luck in all of your ventures. And also, big shout out to everybody that is uh, watching or listening to this. We truly appreciate it. And other than that, guys, we will see you all next time right here on the Pokemon Masterclass. Take care, everybody. See you guys.